Welcome gamers, this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, we're on episode number 181. Today is December 1st, first day of the last month of 2023. My name is Craig Perales, and joining me making his triumphant return is Mandrew Montame. Hello, uh, thank you for everyone for the safe wishes and get wells and stuff like that. I greatly appreciate it. How, how was everything going through all that? Because we talked here and there, but like, how bad did it get? Was it kind of, was it an easy kind of lay in bed and just chill or? The first. A lot of antibiotics, I guess. Yeah, even still, even now I have to take, I take like 10 like nasal sprays like a day, dude. I have oh. to like do it like all the time. The first two days weren't so bad. It was just like a lot of bleeding. But literally, they take these things after, because I had um, a deviated septum, so my nose was like crooked. I'd have it like fixed so I could breathe. Yeah, I'll snap it back in place. And um, we said that before we went to the show for the hardcore <laughs> show. I was like, God willing, I'll get my nose broken there and just have it fixed for cheaper. <laughs> but um, they literally take these things that are like the size of like, you know, like the little dip packs you put in your mouth. Okay. But it's made out of like gelatin. And after they sew everything up, there's like somehow they fit like 10 of them up here. Whoa. And they just start falling out, like, after time. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, like, disgusting. Do you it's, wake up and there's, like, three in the pillow? <laughs> dude, I'll wake up because I feel it, like, sliding off, like, a big blood trail down my face. I sneezed and one of them, like, exploded, like, <laughs> all over me. It was disgusting. And then, like, that was kind of fine. And then I ended up getting, like, a sinus infection. So I did get, like, really sick, probably from swallowing all the junk and everything yeah. around, like, Thanksgiving. And it wasn't until, like, Sunday that I was like, all right, I'm Fuck, fine. Fuck, yeah, I haven't seen better. you since then, huh? It's been that long. Yeah, I wasn't going out. I wasn't doing nothing, even after I could. Like, now I can breathe so much better, and it's good. My nose is still, like, a little kind of blah. It's pretty sore, but other I'll tell than that, him, I'm like, it sounds like he's dropped an octave in his voice. Like, he's got that. It sounds. I don't know if it's going to go away, but, like, it definitely sounds a little deeper. I was going to say, they said that that might happen, too, especially as it starts to clear up more. Because even now, I still feel like I'm pretty, like, congested, but... It'll pass. Nice. Well, I'm glad you are better and everything is done, guys. Thank you for joining us. If you're watching on today's YouTube episode, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on our social media, our Linktree link is in the description. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check it out on whatever podcast platform you enjoy the most. So, as usual, guys, before we get going into our main stories, Andrew and I like to do, what are you up to? We take a second, talk about what we've been playing what we've been watching, so it's I haven't seen you. I guess it's been two and a half weeks. What have you been What have you been doing with your time? Uh, I personally haven't been watching anything because when I was kind of sick, I was just like sleeping a lot, and when I was feeling good, I was just trying to just cruise through games while I had time. So yeah, you went through you went through quite a bit. Yeah, so I hundred percented Liza P, only because when I made it to the end, I don't think I'd mentioned it before. I ended up getting this weapon that's really hard for people to like get, and it counts as part of like towards the achievements. So I'm like, ah, oh, if all I gotta do is beat the game again and do some of this other stuff, I might as well. I already got one of the harder ones besides beating it because it's so hard out of the way. Dude, on like the third boss, I uninstalled the game for like four days because it was so fucking hard. And then I came back to it, I was like, I'm gonna give it another try. I steamrolled them, and then I got stuck on the end for like two or three days, but finished it 100%, and that game was just too good. Um, then you, uh, Like a Dragon, Yakuza, Came out. Um, that's Gaiden, man who has no name. That one wasn't too long. It was only like a little twelve hour. It's an interval that's supposed to set up between six and seven, but also lead into eight. It does have a demo for eight for any of you guys who are interested. That comes out at the start of next year. I personally did not play it because I don't. I, I just kind of want to go into the game blind. 
so I didn't touch it. But the game was really, really good. Perfect bite size. The ending was, like, amazing. I, like, literally, like, cried. Like, I, I was, like, bawling because it was such a sad ending. I'm like, dude. That's the action now, one or the RPG-style one? This was an action-based okay. fighter one. And then I couldn't think of anything else to play, so I went through and did some backlog. I get, I tried picking up Harry Potter again and put it down. I was like, this just ain't for me. I just don't care about Harry Potter that I'm much, so I, I'm done with that. And so I did Nino Kuni 2, which uh, came out on the Game Pass earlier this summer. And I think that game came out probably like, I think it's like a 2018 game for PlayStation. Either way, it was really, really good. It's a lot different than the first one because it's more action-based than a JRPG. I had a good time with it, except for towards the end, man. If any of you guys are playing it, just make sure you build your town throughout, because I'm not about that stuff. I hate doing that. It forces you at a certain point where you have to, and it's one of those things that does, like, in-game time. So you're trying to build your stuff, but it'll be ready in an hour. So I'm like, dude, come on. I'm already over-leveled. Oh, I don't want to do this. So I'm sitting here on YouTube, like, literally just for me to beat the final game, I'm, like, trying to build up my town, and you can only get money from stuff your town produces. So I has set an alarm on my phone for like every hour. <laughs> so I was waking up throughout the night, doing whatever little bit I could do, going back to sleep, getting up, doing whatever little bit I could do. Because your money stops at a certain point too. And if you don't collect it, you're pretty much wasting it. But it's not enough for you to expand whatever. So I had to wait forever. So that was the only bad part. Other than that, it was a really good game though. Nice. I know Gino, um, he beat... Uh, two, I, th I think. I think he, he did on PlayStation. Yeah, he did two before one, and I know he he loved it. But I think he he gets really into like the building and all that kind of shit. So, uh, excellent. As far as what I've been doing, um, nothing too much. Um, I haven't been watching anything new. I'm still watching um, Family Guy, which you can watch on Hulu. I think the last week um, I said I was on season fourteen. I think now I'm up to season nineteen. I'm on episode like eighteen. So like, and you gotta remember these are twenty episode, uh, twenty episode seasons. So. Quite a bit. I love going back through it. I, I was mentioning it last time how funnier it is, you know, watching it again instead of kind of remembering the old jokes. But it's funny just how meta they get. I forgot how into like, oh yeah, we gotta set up this cutaway. Like they and like there's yeah. episodes where like they know they're in a show and they're like stars of it and things like that. So I'm um, still cruising through that. I'm on the home stretch. As far as playing, um, I haven't really been playing anything big. I don't know if I said it last time, but I lost my glasses and it's hard for me to play games. Like I still gotta finish the Call of Duty campaign but it's hard for me to like focus on shooting so i i've been just trying to find smaller games and i found this game called <coughs> uh, cocoon which is on the game pass and uh it's a pretty solid little indie game it's uh what is this doing here it's it's got a 10 out of 10 on steam 98 percent of people like it for those of you that don't know cocoon is a 2023 puzzle adventure game developed by geometric interactive and published by annapurna interactive the player controls a beetle that can hop between worlds solving puzzles to unravel the universe's mysteries it's on every platform you can get it came out on september 29th of 2023 um it's actually up for if i'm not mistaken best indie for the game awards so that'll probably get my vote uh, just a word of caution i didn't realize how heavy this the puzzles were in this game like you can get absolutely lost because one of the like the mechanics is you're in these worlds and you get you collect these orbs but when you collect these other orbs like you can place one down take like the green circle go into the orange and then come back out and now you have the green in the orange and then you get a white one then you get a blue one so some of these puzzles require certain placement so i was following um a nice little guide i was following a maka guide which he actually uh, and, and I was I was freaking out because he fucks up at, in a certain point towards the end of the game. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm reading the comments. He's like, oh, sorry, guys. I said the wrong thing. And, dude, I was like, and I couldn't go back. 
I didn't know you could you could actually go back a little bit. So I ended up following the Welsh under. I'm like, fuck you, Maka. Like, you screwed me. <laughs> so I did that. So if you are going to check it out, I mean, a guide, it's, it's, it's a pretty insane puzzle-heavy game. But um, it's got really cool mechanics in terms of how you solve them. And it actually, because it's not really a combat game, but at the end of each world, there is a boss fight. And the boss fights are actually um, pretty cool. So uh, that's all I've got. That's all I've been playing. So... Uh, guys, let us know what you've been watching and what you've been playing. What are you going to do over these uh, this December month? So, uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, <clears throat> let's move into our main stories. And they're two kind of the same thing. We're looking at more video game adaptations that are coming to the big screen, the silver screen. Um, and the first one that we're going to talk about is the Fallout TV series that's coming to Amazon on April 12th. 2024, which is a lot faster than I yeah. thought. I didn't even really have it on my radar. So um, the article, I believe, was from Variety. It kind of talks about the actors and and their roles, um, the people that are behind it, creating it. And we get some screenshots. So before we dive into that, because it's a big thing, I'm gonna read. Um, yeah, again, it's right around the corner. I mean, was Fallout something that you think? I, I, I don't remember us covering Fallout in the past. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. But it's is that one of the games like you? want to see adapted live action or um i mean it's coming quicker than we know it. i didn't realize it was that soon i think it'd be good because i i personally love fallout and i love like that whole mm -hmm. like 1950s like we're stuck in this time frame like aesthetic like i think it really works so as long as i can keep that like sort of vibe and that dark humor i think it'd be like a total like slam dunk it's like so easy to nail because that's just a world where like you could you could really pick any spot and just make it post-apocalyptic and fun. And I think that's what I like that's different about this than other post-apocalyptic things is like that it's like that dark humor instead of just like The Walking Dead where like, ah, oh, everybody's just fucked. And it's just zombies, 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 zombies. Every show I feel like lately that's post-apocalyptic is like zombies, whereas this, you have like the ghouls that are zombies, but they're still people too. So right. like there's just... A, a lot more at play here that I think will work. Yeah, so just to um, be fair, so I've I've played a couple Fallouts. I've never beaten any. You've ran through, what, three, New Vegas, four. I don't know if you played any of the, uh, the original I, ones. I haven't played two. any of the older ones, but I, I've done everything since three, except for I didn't play 76. Okay, so that's the MMO? Yeah, okay. yeah, the online one. Okay, so just so you guys know, uh, we'll just kind of see what we can compare to it. So the article from uh, Variety says this. <clears throat> the Fallout TV series coming to Amazon, Amazon's Prime Video has unveiled its first look images. Based on the popular video game franchise of the same name, the series is due to debut on Prime Video on April 12, 2024. The cast of the series includes Ella Purnell, Walton Goggins, Kyle McLaughlin, Zila Mendez-Jones, and Aaron Moten. Official character descriptions are as follows. And dude, I love how video game they sound. Purnell plays Lucy. Lucy is an optimistic vault dweller with an, with an all-American can-do spirit. Her peaceful and idealistic nature is tested when people harm her loved ones. Moten plays Maximus. A young soldier hides his tragic past as he serves in a militaristic faction called Brotherhood of Steel. He believes in the nobility of the Brotherhood's mission to bring law and order to the wasteland and will do anything to further their goals. Goggins plays the ghoul. The ghoul survives the wasteland as a bounty hunter, his pragmatic, ruthless, he is pragmatic, ruthless, and hides a mysterious past. Kyle McLaughlin plays Overseer Hank. Hank is the Overseer of Vault 33 and Lucy's father. He's eager to change the world for the better. And then it kind of goes into who's behind it and making it. So the official description of the series states, 
take takes place in the future post-apocalyptic Los Angeles. Citizens must live in underground bunkers to protect themselves from radiations, uh, radiation, mutants, and bandits after nuclear annihilation. The story begins in Vault 33, one such bunker that is prominent setting in the video games. Geneva Robertson Doret and Graham Wagner serve as executive producers, writers, and co-showrunners. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, uh, the duo behind Westworld, executive produce via Kilter Films under their Amazon overall deal. Athena Wickham of Kilter Films also executive produces along with Todd Howard for, uh, for Bethesda Game Studios and James Altman for Bethesda Softworks. Amazon, MGM Studios, and Kilter Films produce in association with Bethesda Game Studios and Bethesda Softworks. Nolan directed the first three episodes of the series. So yeah, it was kind of a mouthful, but it's I like that they do point out who's running the show, how it's going to get going, who the co-runners are, or the co-showrunners, that Todd Howard and Jason Altman from actually Bethesda are going to be really hands-on with this. So, I don't, what's up? Honestly, I do want to jump in because I don't think this one had uh, get into it because there's like another little paraphrase afterwards. Sure. That they said when we're talking to Todd Howard that he says to take the show as canon too. Oh, that, good, good. That so it actually a, fits in between That the it's game. officially canon so that way you can be more invested and just look at it as a bigger part of this world. I'm like, good, that's great. That's even cooler because you already have this established boundaries. Now just add on to it. Yeah, that's perfect because I actually, I don't know if you ever watched Westworld but season one was awesome and uh, I kind of fell off Season two, just because of the direction, not because of the of the, of how it was ran or anything like that. So I like to see that this show is being taken seriously, right? It's not just thrown into like a Netflix or something like that. It's got some uh, some, some serial showrunners behind it. It's got some hands on from them. So yeah, I guess that was going to be one of my questions: is is this pulled from anything? So the fact that it's coming out of Volt Thirty Three, um, is that in all of them, or does that specifically like Fallout Three, Fallout Four? Well, they're all different vaults. All the vaults have like so that different one. That numbers. one doesn't play. It says the story begins in Vault Thirty Three. Which is prominent setting in the video games. Is well, that f- I think they just mean the vault is a prominent setting okay. within the video games. I don't remember 33 being a specific one. Because I think the other one like from 3 is like vault like 51. And there are like other vaults scattered around. I mean, you played it. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can go through and I find wasn't, like... I, mean, I, I just vaults. wasn't sure if 33 was, uh, meant anything at all. But in terms of um, the characters, how do you like how do you like the group? I mean, we've got the... We got this, uh, the bounty hunter, we've got um, the optimistic, the person that's in it, or in the vault, and then the overseer, and then we have this military soldier. I mean, that's pretty much the recipe for, for what you want to see, right? Yeah, it sounds like a setup almost for like, you know, three probably would be maybe the closest I could get that one to. Did he, say um, what, did he say where it fits in? Is it like before, after three, before four? I didn't see anything that said anything as far as the timeline, but because of the placement, I do have a couple notes on here when we sure. get to that. But um, I first of all, I love the way they look, though, yeah. the screenshot, because yeah. that that was always my biggest thing. Is we'll, like, we'll dig into that well, how's this down. gonna look? But yeah, so um, the first one they showed is uh, Walter Goggins, because I I should have pictures popping up so you guys can take a look if you haven't seen it. Walter Goggins as the ghoul. Yeah, that picture looks kind of like a Deadpool, a little Deadpoolish. Uh, Walter Goggins is is fantastic actor, so I like that he's in it. But the ghouls, if I remember right, are are just people that are heavily affected with radiation and they can go kind of crazy, but I mean, yeah, because there's like the the higher radiated ghouls and stuff like that. But there's a lot of them that are just like merchants or travelers. Some people use them as like slaves, depending on which one you go through. But I like that it looks practical. Yeah, yeah, very practical. Yeah, no, that doesn't look CGI heavy. Um, but yeah, I like the way he looks. I mean, I'm curious. He, excuse me, he's popping up first. So I'm wondering if it's going to be more based on the ghoul or if it's going to be Lucy or if it's going to be maybe a, a mix between both story A and B. I would kind of like an A and B. Like, I figure maybe she'll come out in the vault 
out of the vault and maybe he's one of the first people that she mm-hmm. runs into or something like that. So he would be the one who she's new to this world just like we are and he's pretty much almost going to be like the god like this is what's happened since then because you have different factions like the Brotherhood of Steel maybe stay away from them because of whatever whatnot and he'll be the one to you know guide us to this place yeah so the next picture should be popping up is um, uh, Maximus um, next to the power suit and dude that suit looks dope and from what I was reading and maybe you can you can uh, clarify this that gun is actually the gun straight out of the game, right? That is the that is what they use. Yeah, that looks like one of the big weapons out there. I mean, that looks exactly like how it does in the game, from what I remember. Is the Brotherhood still in as a faction in the game? In three and four, they are. Okay, cool. cool. And um, I, wasn't I sure think they're in New crew. Vegas also. I'm pretty sure they're in New Vegas. I'm pretty sure they've been in all of them. So, yeah. Then we go on and we get a nice picture of uh, Lucy. Classic uh, outfit. Yeah, that outfit. I I'm looking at it. I'm like, dude, that thing is just. It's exactly what you want to see. That's exactly what I want to see at least. Especially if you look at her wrist too. It looks like she has like that Pit Boy on there too. Except for not as clunky as. Uh, remember when you got the pre-order from GameStop and there's that oh, huge dude, one? Oh, yeah, you could that get? thing was ridiculous. And then it, and then it shows, um, you know, her and the dad. And then there's more pictures. The link will be in the description. But the last one I want I wanted to point out was just all those suits put together. Looks pretty. Uh, looks pretty dope. So I mean, talk to me about. You said you want to talk about the look. The feel, I mean, how do you, overall? I, yeah, I, I think it looks really, really good. Like, it, I, I think what I'm more excited for is it looks like it's practically done. Because I was like, man, I don't really want to see, like, a bunch of CG stuff for something like this. That might be different for something like Halo, where you kind of have to do, like, a mixture of the two. This, I feel like you should be able to do most of it, just practical effects, and, like, make it look really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, if it's coming out in April, I'd imagine if we don't get one by the end of the year maybe even at the game awards we, we're gonna start seeing at least teasers by like january february to get this show going so um expectation wise i mean do you think this thing i mean obviously halo wasn't for everybody and we were talking how there's gonna be a season two that's i think on, it's in like february yeah, or that's something. on its way but what do you think the expectations are do you think this thing has because everyone thought halo was gonna be badass and to some it was to some it wasn't but what do you think fallout's gonna land do you think it's gonna you think it's gonna stick the landing uh, or I have just as much pop- probability to fail. I hope that it does. I mean, from what I've seen so far, it looks like it will because it looks like they're really t- kind of taking the care and like love to really like. It looks authentic, right? This. Yeah, it looks authentic. Like Where Halo it, took a lot of liberties. Yeah, so I I hope so. I really can't wait to see like a fresh trailer for this. Yeah, that should be pretty pretty cool. So, uh, is there anything else you want to say on that? Uh, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah, keep going. Um, I mean, just from what we have, because this is gonna be an area that we really haven't seen. We haven't seen Los Angeles or like the full West Coast, so I think that'll be really cool to see. Because, oh, I didn't uh, think about that. Because uh, the closest we get, and, and I wrote down where each one is. So when you do three, three's in like DC, Virginia. Maryland, um, four takes place in Boston. New Vegas, Boston. <laughs> New Vegas would be the closest one. Um, I mean, Vegas is really kind of like the only like set part of that. The other parts are actually around where we live, with California, Arizona, Nevada, that Mojave area. Which again, that's where we live. It's a big open desert. So I wonder because that's not too far. That's a four hour drive from where yeah. we are. So I wonder if we'll see New Vegas or hear hints of New Vegas or even bring some of those people there over to here because there's not just the brotherhood of steel within that sort of faction that you hear about you have the new california republic or like almost like these rangers that are doing what they think is right too and then even still you have the brutal um 
Kai, have, have you played New Vegas? Uh, way back when. I mean, on like the PS3. My favorite one ended up being Kaisar's Legion. They call him Kaisar instead of Caesar. Kaisar's Legion, which they pretty much act like the Roman Empire, and they like enslave people. They live in tents, and they have like this whole army, and they treat everything like there's even a dude named like the Legatus and stuff like that. They treat everything like the Roman Empire. So I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. That would be really cool to see. And with well, since they're saying Los Angeles, that's however close that it wouldn't be far fetched to see something like that in there that I think would be super dope. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and play some of them. I mean, I've started all of them, but it's just I was way more into like Elder Scrolls and stuff like that, so that was where my hundred hours went into. But um, I, I, isn't it kind of understood that um, isn't New Vegas regarded as, as the best one out of out of at least three, four, and, and New Vegas? Out of all of them, everyone loves New Vegas the most. Maybe I'll check that out and see if that uh, I can download that and play that because I remember I started doing four and I just got st- when you started having to build a camp. And all that stuff, I was just like... Yeah, I understand. That wasn't for me either. So it's like, oh, you got to build this. I just put one bed and like four little walls. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I just need to... (laughs) Let's get going, man. Well, I'm curious of what the story is going to be because I don't know if they've divulged too much else because I know in one of the games, I think it's three, you're looking for like your son and that's kind of the the goal, but like... No, that's... uh, Is that four? Oh, no, four, you're looking for your dad or your mom. Yeah. But like, do the other ones really have heavy plots or is it just kind of take over the factions and... You kind of run into the factions, but there is an overall narrative, and usually, like, you're looking for somebody. Oh, yeah, okay, so four is the one where you're looking for your son, because you're white. Whoever you're the opposite of, you see them get shot when you're in, like, your little cryo dome thing or whatever. And then three, you're looking for your father, and then you're, like, trying to purify, create, like, purified water. And again, that kind of leads to. You know, whatever. That's the one with Liam Neeson in it. Okay, I'm on. Oh, yeah, as the voice of the dad. I wonder if maybe that's what's going to happen with her. The dad's going to get taken or something and then she's got to go find him and the bounty hunter is going to join and then I don't know I can see that maybe being kind of a, a plausible storyline either that too or I mean it could be almost like what 4 did so your son ends up spoilers for 4 if you haven't played it by now you've been frozen for so long your son is like the leader of like those like synths and stuff like that so that's his way of kind of like taking over power because where it says her dad wants to change the world maybe he's going to start like his own People end up in cults and all kinds of crazy shit in this yeah, universe. So. Cool. Yeah, so we got a lot of possibilities with it. And uh, again, it looks really, really cool. I like, uh, I really only know Walter Goggins. I don't really recognize too much of the work from the other guys, but everything looks looks really, really good. Was there anything else you wanted to add on it? Uh, no, that's all I got for that. Excellent. So moving along with, um, well, guys, let us know what you thought. If you've checked out the pictures, if you're, if you're familiar with Fallout, let us know if you think it looks um, as good as I think it is. Hyper not. So um, the next one is the... Uh, Legend of Zelda movie was recently announced and talked about, and of course this is coming off the success of their Mario movie, so I just wanted to read this real quick so if anyone forgot how successful Mario was. Uh, as of November 16, 2023, Super Mario movie, uh, Super Mario Bro movie has grossed $574.9 million in the United States and Canada and $787.1 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $1.36 billion it became the highest grossing film based on a video game after just one week of release so nintendo after you know wants to come back reformat itself after the you know the atrocious old mario movie you know at one point in time they said they were never going to do film and things like that again but you know they came out of that shell and they released uh mario with universal and illumination (coughs) and uh they made a billion dollar movie so loved it of course you're going to want to follow it up and what else would you do like if, Mar- if if in your head Mario's not the most popular Nintendo character? Then second, I would imagine would be the Legend of Zelda and Link. So, 
uh, it is an announced. Now, before I, I we dive into it, because we know it is going to be live action. Let's start there. Do you think? Where do you, do you think it should have been live action, or do you think? I mean, why change the formula after you just did a Mario movie that popped? Because Mario, I can see, lends itself to the bright colors and kind of the you know Mario Super Mario Bowser, but. With Legend of Zelda and Link, I can see it. I mean, because it is just as colorful. You play Link to the Past and any other Zelda games, it does lend itself to be just as colorful of a palette as Mario is. But I could see you taking a nice fantasy approach to Legend of Zelda. So before we dive into it, uh, which way do you think you wish they would have went? Stay animated or try their hand at live action? I wish they just would have gone more animated, and that's only be and that's only because we. I don't think we really have anything successful super crazy successful that's a live adaptation yet that i'm just like damn that's it like they nailed it over the top because what do you do when like ganondorf transforms or you have all these other like weird creatures and stuff in this universe like it's just gonna be like a ton of cg now and at that point why didn't you just animate the movie yeah because i think one of the biggest things that's going to be their achilles hill is going to be that mario lends itself to the young audience every kid's going to go want to see mario if you're going to make kind of more a, a more i'm assuming a more mature live action right because you don't want to see a little kid running around fighting ganon but if it is gonna be live action then i think you're gonna lose that young audience right off the bat. You know, I don't. I mean, I could call it right now. I don't think it's going to hit that billion dollar mark because you're not no. getting the whole family. I mean, we'll get the tone and the tempo once we see a trailer if and when it gets here. But because um, I'm not opposed to that being live action, because I think you can do if Nintendo's successful at doing both, you can do like a Mario and Donkey Kong in animation, and then if Zelda is a good movie, then you could get things like Metroid in a yeah. live action or something like that. So. I think it's interesting that they, that they rolled the dice. But, I uh, hope that it does well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping for it. But this is where the problem lies, is um, who they're teaming up with. So let me read this to you guys real quick to catch you up to speed. <clears throat> Nintendo's foray into movies isn't stopping anytime soon. The company has confirmed that it is working on a live-action adaptation of The Legend of Zelda. The movie will be directed by Wes Ball, <laughs> best known for the Maze Runner trilogy and the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Zelda creator Shigeru Miyamoto will serve as a producer much as he did on this year's animated Super Mario Bros. movie. He'll be producing alongside Avi Aurid. Uh, this is Miyamoto. I have been working on the live-action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Aradsan, who has produced many mega-hit films. Miyamoto said in a statement posted on X, formerly Twitter, We might be waiting for it, uh, a while for the movie, however, Miyamoto said. It will take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. While there aren't many details on the movie itself, Nintendo says it will be co-financed by itself and Sony, with Nintendo footing more than 50% of the bill. So, uh, the first thing that I just kind of wanted to point out is, I'm curious why they went with Sony, and, and more importantly, teamed up with these two guys. So, I just want to point out, before, and then we can dive into it, is when you look at the main producer, um, Ari Arid, um, he's really hands-on with a lot of uh, Sony's projects, but now that I'm looking at what he does, he does a lot of comic book stuff. He does a lot of Spider-Man, Morbius, Venom, uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Fantastic Four. So I don't see where his producing would come in as being diverse into something that's Legend of Zelda. Legend Fantasy. Of, yeah, Legend of Zelda is not going to be a comic book, and I don't think you should try to treat it like one i'm not saying you can't do it and it won't be a good job but i i'd imagine you would have get someone that would know you know high fantasy like that and then when we look at the director that they picked uh west ball who has a, an interesting name he hasn't really done anything he's done three shorts and then he's done the all three of the maze runners which 
are you know it is a successful franchise. I think they all grossed over uh, three hundred. Let me see. I think I have it pulled up. So um, yeah, the first one did three hundred forty-eight million. The second one did three hundred and twelve million. So those are successful movies. But I just gotta look and go. I've never seen them. I just gotta look at this and go. Why is Nintendo teaming up with Sony? Because they have bad blood that dates back, you know, way back then. Why are you giving a, a big producing credit to someone that's only done, com- I mean, really comic book stuff, and then a director that's only done really one big project? So it, it, after you're coming out of, I mean, if Nintendo's coming out and starting to get into movies, and, and I'm going to assume TV shows eventually, and then your first one out the gate is a billion dollar movies, right? I mean, there's not too many uh, movies that do that outside of big Marvel and Disney movies. So you'd imagine that anyone would have been willing to make this movie. You stay with universal to go to HBO, go, go anywhere. I'm curious why Sony do you think, and we can get into more of it, but do you think this teaming up with them and this particular group of individuals, do you think that's going to hurt? Cause not only are you doing live action, but now look who you're doing it with. I just don't see the, the credentials there for me to be, Oh, it's in good hands. I don't know about the director, and I mean, maybe it just comes... To, I, I I can't say anything to the Maze Runners, because I've never seen Yeah, they might be like awesome, that. I haven't seen them, but... Uh, I mean, Zelda's got a couple dungeons that are mazes, I guess. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's it. I don't know, but as far as working with Sony, I feel like maybe the only reason they're doing that, too, is, I mean, Sony is successful, even when they put out a movie that isn't great. I mean, like, Venom did crazy good yeah, numbers, but, 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 but Venom is But then Morbius did $110 million and it and it flopped. Yeah, but for every and now we have and now we have Madame Web coming out that looks like a shit. <laughs> but for the one Morbius we have, we have Venom one and two that might not have been the best received, but made mad money. Plus all the Spider Man movies and they put them on the map. So yeah, I mean, but they have... I mean, that might be based on the, on the name alone, though. I mean, those movies. Did you like those movies? Spider-Man? Are you a big fan of uh, like the Amazing Spider Man and Venom and all that? Um, I didn't see the amazing. I only seen like the original three and then Tom Holland's. I completely just like skipped over. So I, I think those movies are all like pretty good, but it's like I want Zelda to be great, man. Yeah, and I just don't see Sony's track record so far of giving me great movies. It's given us great movies, but out of the three, there's ten more that are good. Yeah, I it, it just it's interesting, it, right? Yeah, it it does seem odd. Um, I I don't know. That's the only thing I can really think of is maybe just their success with the fry with the Frider with the <laughs> Spider Man franchise made them be like okay, like you know, like they can do something with you know they take this character in this world world with all these weird monster like people. So maybe they kind of get it. Maybe Nintendo's just looking at it like that. I don't know why they would, but I mean at least Shigeru Miyamoto's on board, so I don't think he would let something come out that'd be like, dude, this sucks. Yeah, and, and I hope not. And it's just. I'd imagine this if you could have your pick of the litter. Why land on Sony out of all places? That's uh, I know that, that's the like, that they could have chosen anyone. Like you could have, you literally could have opened the door to anybody, and it's like it's weird that you landed on Sony, and in particular these two people that uh, have very you know one specific background and one not that big of a background yet. So I'd imagine if you're doing Legend of Zelda, you're gonna get a, a director that's got ten movies under his belt, especially doing fantasy, and a producer that's worked on sets like. Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or something. Right, even that Dungeons lines. and Dragons movie. Dungeons and Dragons would have been yeah. a really cool one. So um, there's not really too much more to say because this this announcement was just done. I think last week we were going to talk about it on the last episode, but I did want to wait to see what you thought about it. Do you have any other thoughts? I have a question for you. Ooh. Do you think that making this movie that Link will talk, and if he does, well, one, do you think it's a must or not? If he does, though. Does this open up Pandora's box and you can't put it back? As in, it does good and he talks in the movie, whatever. 
can you make another game now without him talking that you have this other big medium of him talking and it does do well if it does really terrible then sure i guess you could take that and whatever but let's say the movie does really well and he does talk could you make a game after that without him talking well do you remember the ign uh april fool's trailer that they had come out like 14 years ago. I remember. It was like a fake fan made trailer. I, I like vague. I remember how it looks. I don't remember too much else. I'm trying to remember if he talked in that. I would imagine. I don't think that he did. I don't know if he did either. I know that there's movies where you can get away with doing a silent protagonist, but in my mind, it's just at this point, I'd be like, like why? Because really, Mario doesn't speak. I mean, there's the old cartoon shows where he talks, but like. What do you mean? He says, hey there, Paisano. Yeah, so he's got like four words. So when they did this one and they gave Mario a voice and, and character. It worked. I, would, I loved it. I would imagine Link at some point has to say something because that's going to be really weird if the only thing that talks is the fairy. Uh, listen, and you know, and Zelda's the only one that does it. I mean, I it would. I guess it could be kind of cool if, like, as he's doing it, like Zelda's narrating it or something like that. But I would prefer it if he talks. And if he does talk, can you make another game? Yeah, because I just did Super Mario Wonder, and he doesn't. Mario doesn't talk in that. So yeah, but that's different. But if you can make a movie and Mario talk, and then you can make another game and him not talk, because I just feel they're they're just separate. So I, I think yes, you can. But that's a side um, scroller versus let's make another sequel to Breath big, of the Wild. Yeah. That's this big thing, and now he's just quiet again. I, I mean, I'd imagine so only because it's worked for them for so long that I don't think fans or, or players would be like, oh, now I want that voice. Because then, then what are you gonna do? You gotta hire the if he if he talks in the movie, you gotta hire the movie actor now to voice all future links. It doesn't have to be that. I'm just saying Zelda talks now. I know. So, well, I don't know. Where do you land on it? I think yes, and I think yes and yes. I think if it's super successful, he has to talk going into the future game, whether it's bad or not, whatever. Especially since Zelda's talking now, and it doesn't have to be a lot. I, I it's not like I want the guy to be talking twenty four seven. Yeah. I don't want him to be like, oh, oh man, that was a close one. But fuck, <laughs> talking if, like Aloy. <laughs> if someone says, hey, where'd you find this? Oh, it was over in the lake. Like that's yeah. that's enough for me. Yeah, I don't know. I've always it's always been weird why Link doesn't speak, and I get it's gone on for so long, and now it's just kind of like a trope. But uh, I mean, yeah, give him a voice. Let's hear what he sounds like. Do you make him more? Like like a feminine like a like a like a because he's an elf right? He's a Hylian, but he's raised by the Corkery. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, know, like I don't know if you make him sound more like a Legolas or something like that, or where he would land. But um, I would like him to talk. That's kind of what I would imagine is something like that. I don't imagine him having this fucking Duke Nukem voice. <laughs> it's time to kill and kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm curious what you guys think. Should Link talk? I mean, I didn't even. I kind of glossed over. I forgot that he didn't talk. So yeah. Well, it's funny too because then you're like, oh, this opens the door for Metroid, and Samus also does not talk. Yeah. So yeah, they got a real. Maybe that's why. Well, and he also says this is gonna take a while. Um, how long do you think? I mean, if if because obviously Mario Two will come out next. I think we'll see. Are we looking another... at six years? I think we'll see another animated movie before this even. Yeah, I think I will we'll, see a trailer for I this. I think we'll get Mario two in like twenty twenty five, and then maybe late twenty twenty four, but probably twenty twenty five. And then if he's talking after that, then we're looking at like twenty twenty six seven for maybe Zelda, which is you might even see a Kirby movie before you see this. Oh, an a couple, animated couple Kirby. Animated, oh, I would imagine Donkey Kong would be would be next if they've already kind of teed up that world. Mm, yeah, they could too. That'd be cool. So. Yeah, I'd love to see K. Rule. Yeah, lots to talk about with that. So, guys, let us know your thoughts down below. So, with that down and out of the way, guys, <clears throat> let's move into questions of the week. Now, <clears throat> guys, if you want to leave a question that Andrew and I can answer on the show, you can do so several different ways. You can 
Email us at lastcallproduction at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the bottom of the YouTube video and we can grab it there. Or you can find me at Craig Prowlis on social media and I can take it there. So our first question comes from uh, Soul Reaver and they ask, Are you guys hearing that Diablo 4 is charging $100 for their new DLC, Vessel of Hatred? To me, that sounds ridiculous. I would never pay for DLC that costs more than the original game itself. So yeah, that is kind of a big news that's circling around. But you got to be, you know, you got to make sure you're reading this stuff because it's not, they're not charging $100. They're, they're kind of surveying. Is it, if people if, would pay. Yeah, would you pay for it? So I think that's kind of one of the things a lot of articles were, were saying like, oh, Blizzard wants to charge. It's like, okay, well, let's look at actually what was said. They're saying, could they? So uh, this comes from Kotaku, just kind of, keep you guys up to date it says as spotted by uh vg247 youtuber Bele- uh, belly news seemingly got their hands on what appears to be a leaked confidential survey blizzard sent players about diablo 4 dlc pricing in the survey blizzard offers four possible dlc bundles priced at 50 70 80 and 100 all four packages include the expansion but also come with different digital goodies and currencies too for example the suggested 100 dollars package would include New hero skins for all classes, a unique non-horse mount with dynamic features, in-game premium currency, and a pair of cosmetic wings. Now, there's more to the article. The link will be in the description if you guys want to check it out. So, yeah, so what they're doing is just sampling, you know, what if I gave you, you know, W for 50, X for 70, Y for 80, and Z for 100, which one looks more appealing to you out of what you're getting out of all that? And does the price make sense? So, it's weird that someone that has as much money as Blizzard and now backed by... Microsoft is is doing that but yeah it's a definitely head scratcher that there's something because usually when you want to buy games there's digital deluxe versions that are like 120 bucks and I've always found like that ridiculous but as far as DLC that jumps as high as a hundred I mean that's a head scratcher what are you getting with that that, that warrants huh? that's more than a triple a you know $70 game so oh, yeah you better bring the goods I was say I'll tell you right now I don't even think Diablo 4 was that great and we paid $100 <laughs> for it just so we could play early because again we do a show but the stuff that it came with I felt was like garbage like the horse and the couple little armors and like an emote and then the season pass that didn't even launch until way later and by then we're already done and moved on from the game then now you're going to try to charge however much I mean, other games don't even do that. And so I think that would be like a terrible precedent to set, let alone for something that I know a lot of people were like underwhelmed by. Fuck, even the last one, something I think of Monster Hunter launched at like 60, Capcom launched at like 60 bucks. Then I think it was like a year or two later. So a year or two later, probably a year later, I think they came out with the expansion, but the expansion was just as long and fully upgraded to the base game. And it was like 40 bucks. So yeah, it's $20 less, which is a little bit close. But still, it's like a whole nother game. It's not just a little piece of Well, that, well that's the thing that we don't know. We don't know how big uh, Vessel of Hatred is going to be, too. Because if it is something that's a 20-hour you know, like add-on storyline, then that's ridiculous. But if it's something that's that's huge, because you got to remember, with games like Diablo, uh, it's not just when you beat them. You're going you're to go back and you're going to constantly be raiding and constantly trying to get gear. So technically, it could be you know, an infinite supply of game time because you're just going to keep trying to get stuff like that. But I would imagine, because they don't mention how, what the store is doing for you. If I'm looking at paying $100 and you're getting a, a horse mount, cosmetic wings, and skins, it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's people out there that, that buy that kind of stuff and they love that kind of stuff. But it's like, to me, that's not worth $100. No, and I'll tell you right now too, because I guess you do pay it. 
is each season pass for Call of Duty, it costs like 20 bucks, but you get the free coin, so you do like whatever, so that way you don't have to pay for it, but you still have to at least start somewhere. So the most I've ever paid is $20, and I played a million hours of Warzone. That's something I'll play way more than ever, but that's an equatable thing for, is your time worth your money now? Yeah. And that's 20 bucks. Yeah, and Halo was the same way, but after it did season two. Halo, um, yeah. Once season three came along, yeah, as long as you finish the season pass, it gives you the in-game currency to pay for With the next one. Yeah. cosmetics, yeah. new maps, new gameplay, whatever, and I'm you're sinking far more time into that than we did with Diablo. Yeah, Diablo, so, like I said, we just ran straight through. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what they're going to do. So what I was trying to do is I was trying to look up um, how what's the biggest piece of DLC that's ever cost something, and what all the majority of what I could find was all like all together. Like if you bought everything from this game, it cost six hundred all together. I couldn't find single pieces of individual of this except for um, I did find this from Steam at Game. It's a it's from twenty seventeen, and it only reflects games on Steam. But just to put it in perspective, uh, their number five game was Knights of Azure Two: Bride of the New Moon at forty nine ninety nine. Uh, number four was uh, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony at $49.99. X Plane 11 at $54.99. Crazy Stone Deep Learning, the first edition at $60.99. And then the highest one I was able to find as a standalone was this game called Emission VR at $75.99. So it's not to say that DLC alone can't be as much as another game, but to me, if it's $100, it better be bringing all the snacks and cookies because it's like, you better, I mean, it's got to be worth that bang for its buck. But again, we don't know how long the Vessel of Hatred, you know, campaign is going to be. But after, I mean, just looking at it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know why they're even asking. If you have all the money in the world and you're asking for $100? Especially, too, if it's just me. Okay, well, here's a 20-hour expansion onto mm-hmm. it. But the replay value is you get to play it on a harder mode and a harder difficulty for the hardcore fans. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Because, <laughs> I mean, even what that Night City expansion or... Uh, the cyberpunk, cyberpunk punk. Yeah. was like thirty bucks. I kind of want to get it, <laughs> and that's like and that's like a whole full game, and I do want to get it, but I find it hard to kind of be like, man, do I really want to go back and jump into yeah. cyberpunk? I mean, right I mean now? unless that's your game that you play, if that's your one game you play, and you're a Diablo guy, then you might write us look, and let yeah, us know. Yeah, you might be looking at this thing going, oh, cool, hundred bucks is not much for the game I'm playing, but if you're smashing through multiple games, hundred dollar DLC, that's a that's a triple A title that you could have spent elsewhere for a different experience, but. Again, we'll see what they actually do, but just keep in mind, it wasn't that they are, it's that they're checking to see if if it's something you'd, you'd want as a consumer. So, I think people were blowing that out of proportion. And I do, I'm curious to hear, like, let us know if you feel like that is pushing the boundary. Like, what do you feel is an acceptable, and then maybe write an example underneath, like, well, I would pay this for this amount of content or something. Definitely. So, <laughs> thank you for the question, guys. Leave your answers down below. And our last question comes from uh, Daniel Backstrom. Now, he, he it was a longer question because he was... It, it had um, parts from our last episode talking about the fall of movies and things like that. So I'm kind of paraphrasing your question, Daniel, if you're watching it. But I jumped to the part where you go, on another note, I just started watching Pokemon Indigo League with my son on Netflix. And it takes me back to our childhood Saturday morning cartoons. Sonic, Mighty Ducks, TMNT. What's your favorite childhood cartoon? Mine would have to be a three-way split between Goof Troop, Darkwing Duck, and Tailspin. And dude, when you hear those names, it's like... Every time you hear a new name, it's like, oh, that's my favorite. You hear a new one? Oh, no, no, that was my favorite. So there's a ton. Um, what did you want to uh, pop down? Because you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have, like, I, I broke it down in, like, kind of three different sections. So, like, being super young, maybe, like, five, like, five, I would say up until, like, eight, nine, maybe nine, 
for me, it would be Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I love Scooby-Doo with, like, a pack. I It's, like, one of my all-time favorites, even though that cartoon's from, like, 1969. Oh, you know what? Hold on. I think I have it pulled up. I was, I was looking at Because I was asking... Dan, or, I was asking... Not Dan. I was asking Andrew. I'm like, he said Scooby-Doo. I'm like, which one? Pup name? Uh, 13 Ghosts? Because I didn't realize how many there actually were, but your particular Where Are You? 69. Uh, 1969 to 70. Uh, three seasons with 41 episodes. And that's that classic old school fucking Scooby-Dooby-Doo. But uh, growing up as a little kid, too, I don't know that we, like, had, like, cable all the time. But you always had those, like, free channels that you could always watch on TV. Nickelodeon was never anything like that. and Or it was never on any of that stuff. And even when we did have cable when I was old, I remember for some reason Nickelodeon and, like, Disney were, like, a separate thing for some oh, reason. Mine was 50 and 51. Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. I always had Cartoon Network on. And I remember it being Channel 51 here. But I for some reason, our Nickelodeon, we just did not get oh, it. Oh, that's where I had so it. So, I, yeah, I always had Cartoon Network. So I loved watching, like, Flintstones, Jets, and stuff like that. Yogi and then even, even as I got older, I preferred their cartoons. So I would say... After, like, 10, it'd be, like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie for me, or, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog are my top two. And then I put a little parenthesis, because this would fall kind of also into that age category, where I did, like, a non-American cartoon. So Pokemon is one of my go-to. But I also put that up there with, like, Yu-Gi-Oh!, because I would watch those back-to-back, especially, again, those were on Cartoon Network, with Dragon Ball Z on that Toonami anime block. Anything that was under that anime block, I would watch it every day when I got home yeah, from school. That was the best time before they moved anime to, like, Saturday well, nights. I guess we could do a shameless plug here. If you guys are interested in seeing more cartoons, we have a... If you go to the channel, there's a thing called the Cartoon Power Hour um, that that's a, has a bunch of these kind of stuff on there. But um, the mind that I always go back to, because, again, there's tons, is... Oh, and I didn't put video up because I, between Scooby-Doo and uh, mine's going to be Rugrats. We're going to get flagged. They got flagged. And uh, there's a difference between getting flagged and then not getting monetized and then flagged and then not being able to be seen. And I'm pretty sure Scooby-Doo and Rugrats are both ones that do that. But uh, mine was Rugrats. Um, August 11, 1991 is, is when it debuted. It's an original, fun fact for you, it's one of the original Nicktoons. There were three original shows that came out to start it off. It was Rugrats, Doug, and Ren and Stimpy. It went... Uh, nine seasons, which is 172 episodes, uh, within or having 321, uh, 327 segments. Because you remember it would be like one episode, but it'd be like two little stories yeah. and things like that. <coughs> um, I actually recently rewatched it front to back. Um, and I'm talking, I like the old school Rugrats. They like before Dill, before Kimmy. Yeah. Like like the old school kind of more crudely drawn ones, dude. Mm-hmm. Those, dude. It was there. Well, go back and watch those episodes. I think they're all on Paramount. Um, it's dude. Uh, I keep on saying Helga. Angelica, dude, is just so ruthless and it's just so. Dude, it's one of the best shows. But obviously, there's things like, you know, uh, Hey Arnold, Recess. We were talking about Flintstones earlier, Avril Monsters. But if I had to pick one that was my favorite as a young kid, it was watching Rugrat. So uh, that will do it, guys. Anything else you want to add on that? No. What about Speed Racer? Oh, oh, oh. oh. I like Speed Racer. Speed, Speed Racer. Racer. Right. Dude, the Mach 5 with Racer X. Um, so guys, that is the end of episode 181, guys. Join us next week where we do 182. So guys, until next time, my name is Craig Prowse. This is Mandrew Montemayor. Cheers. See ya.